You're listening to the Smart Women in Business podcast, episode number 61. Hello, you're listening to the Smart Women in Business podcast. My name is Jane McKay, and on this show, we talk to smart women in business all over the world about starting, building, and creating the business and life of your dreams while having incredibly honest in-depth and rich conversations with amazing women in business who will inspire you to become a smart woman in business. Hello and welcome to the Smart Women in Business vlog and podcast. I'm your host, Jane McKay from Jane McKay Communications, marketing consultant and coach who works with people across the world to build the business of their dreams. Today, I am talking to my online friend, jewellery designer, Anu Sawney from Bedilia Jewellery. Anu is a designer who's on a mission to change how people feel one design at a time. After spending far too many times, far too many years working for big brands, including Kenneth Cole, Banana Republic, Gap and Leona Edmiston, she threw it all away for creating with kindness. A mad music lover and quirky kind individual, Anu brings her brightness and sparkle to life through her jewellery. She believes wholeheartedly that happy people create happy things. Anu is a mum to small hum- two small humans, random small humans, lives in <laughs> Sydney and is originally from India. Welcome, Anu. Hello. That Hello. was a very glorious introduction. <laughs> I, I like just riffed on Anu then. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just sitting on a cloud now. Oh. Yeah, you're happy. You're just going <laughs> to... Ego. Um, no, I love it. I love it. And it's so weird when people read back your bio and you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm comfortable to, to embody that yet, but you already are. Fun fact. So True. I love, love, love your business. I'm wearing one of your rings. Um, tell me about your business journey and how you got to where you are right now. I, um, so I have a, I have, I've studied design and apparel and accessories and that's kind of what I've done for so many people so many people um and the stickler always used to be arguments on pricing and it used to really get to me because I've been a part of the other end and I know that that reducing 50 cents or getting someone to reduce 50 cents on making something doesn't seem like much when you're sitting here um but at the other end it means massive profitability shift Mm. Um, it means that they won't be able to pay their their staff overtime and so we don't often understand that and we we often don't want to understand that really Mm. Um, and so that was the commonality and it used to irk me that we can't just give um, manufacturers their their due um, and instead we argue but our profitability was always like 700% or more. Um, and so it, I just, I kind of had it. It used to give me headaches. It got me sick to the point of being sick. Like my mm. iron levels were down to a four, which is worse than when you've had massive surgery. Um, and so it was getting to me physically. So mm. I kind of, I kind of just stopped for a little bit. Um, and then I had my daughter and I got sick. Um, and I have rheumatoid arthritis. So I had one knee that was affected really badly before I had my daughter. Um, but after I had her, my hips came crashing in. Oh. So 14 months in, I was in surgery, back-to-back surgery. So I've had 
I had a bilateral hip replacement. And then three months after that, I had a knee replacement to get everything to work properly Which is super again. easy when you've had a baby. Yeah, it's very easy. It's yeah, just yeah, a it's walk just... in the park. <laughs> but, uh, but while I didn't have... Uh, while I didn't have all the things that new mums usually do, like go to the park with their kids and things like that, I had a lot of time to to rethink how I do things and why I do them and how I want to do them in the future. Um, and I think the whole the whole medical lapse experience just it just fast tracked everything for me because I was like, okay, like no more nonsense, like this if I if things need to be better they need to work better we can do better like everybody can do better and while I can't go and change a big organization I can try and do something that is different Mm. that does things differently be open about it um even now as as small businesses go a lot of us don't talk about where uh, where we manufacture things or where we source our materials from and mm. so it's very um and and so it's very even now like even if we do like made in Australia but yeah where are you getting your raw materials from yeah, yeah like you are directly opaque. importing them from somewhere um that you are not disclosing mm. and you don't know the source of that so it's a very it's a it's a big hoax really um and so and so for me that became really important to to share where things are made, um, how they're made, um, who's making them, all of that. Um, I'm yet to get any of the the people that I work with on on camera because all every time I say, "Hey, would you do a small video for me?" They're like, "No, no, no, no. We yeah. just have been making it." <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, okay, we'll get to it one day." Um, and so it just became really important for me to to work on that um on those ethics and then figure out what I wanted to do with it really um Mm. and since I have a have a have I've been educated in design it kind of fell straight in and I use my rehab days to come up with very strangely a jewelry brand and a footwear brand and oh, I, I haven't like, heard about the footwear brand. And so the footwear was, and I live in Sydney City, right? <laughs> spaces, spaces like <laughs> thousands of dollars per square meter. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'm going to get thrown out of my own place if I start a footwear brand. Um, so that kind of like fizzled really quickly. Um, I still have the the drawing somewhere. Um, and so Bedelia was either going to be a footwear brand or a jewelry brand and so I did what fit in in where I live really. what, what you can hold <laughs> stock of in your apartment <laughs> exactly <laughs> um and so that's kind of where and how I started really it was just wanting to do things better mm. um and not um and not argue with the people that make for me really like yeah. every time they're like uh, well every six months they go oh we're going to increase the prices a little bit I was like yeah that's okay fine. okay I know there's I, inflation it's not just me <laughs> we're all sitting here on the CPI index um it's funny because I'm like I'm like one of those people that goes overseas and doesn't barter I'm like yeah cool and they're like Angus is like you meant to barter and I'm like no like seriously I mean Thailand like 200 yeah. baht is not much to me yeah or, like 
it yeah it goes against your core values yeah and that's what I talk about all the time is having values-based business having integrity and all of these things and that that you are living your values through your business yeah absolutely and I think it just makes even hard days much easier when you know that it's linked to what you want to see like the change you want to see Mm. um it like things just get easier really like there are no hard days when it comes to business there are exhausting days but none of them are hard (laughs) yeah because you don't if you don't compromise on your values you never have that real conflict yeah um so tell me about how your business has evolved because obviously I've known you online for a really long time and I've seen changes in your business but what were the how has it evolved and what were the signs that it was time to make change in your business so initially I started with with multiple streams of ranges and even to um almost two different families of design um and they were they were basically playing to the strengths of the artisans and so both the families were in were in Minorca um and I kind of after about six months I realized that that one had better and more potential to grow versus the other one um and that's kind of how things evolved really and then I called down because I had a little bit of a lot of things Mm. and I was and even now so I do a lot of story polls on Instagram um and even now when I do a story poll and I say earrings or rings, people will pick earrings, but my sales records say the opposite. And I sell a, a lot of rings. And mm. so I was like, okay, I'm just going to make more of what people want to buy. And so it's, it's been a lot of um, data-based evolution and, and see what, what everyone's liking, what my ideal audience likes, and then working, working towards that really. Um, versus, oh, I feel like do, like I'm I'm not a, I'm a very atypical designer to be honest. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, like I will I'm make this and you shall wear it. Yes. <laughs> it's beautiful, but it also is, I'm going to check my Google Analytics. <laughs> <laughs> We're just geeking out over here. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, for me, that's always been a big part of the. Um, the evolution I look at the data I look I see what people want I talk to my community regularly um and they are always happy to share sometimes sometimes it hurts (laughs) mostly it's nice things (laughs) (laughs) mostly so um actually we didn't talk about that tell us about your product and how it's sourced and the process because it's really interesting because we don't because as you said earlier we're not exposed to the process generally yeah where things come from we just go into a shop and buy them so um so when I started I was trying to figure out um the right kind of stone really um and initially I wanted it to be your atypical like semi-precious kind of stone like you know the the rose quartz and the amethyst and the lapis yeah um but the more I dug the more I realized that there was no certainty on figuring out how those crystals were sourced. Mm-hmm. 
So I could potentially go to someone in India to buy a rose quartz because that's one of the mining fields for rose quartz. I could potentially go there and say, I want this grade of rose quartz. Um, and I would say that I want, I, wanted to, I want to make sure that it's mined ethically, um, but it means nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, sure. Okay. And there are some countries which have specific certifications. India is one of those. Um, and so one of the flags to look for is fair trade warnings. And so if a company is associated with fair trading and they have the certification for it, you know it's a legit process. Mm. But for you to be a part of that and make sure that it was actually sourced without any damage, without child labor, without, um, you know, overtime, they're getting fair wage, all of that, it was next to impossible. Mm. And because it was a big part of how I wanted to do things, I couldn't let things slip when it went to sourcing raw materials. Yeah, fair um, And so I kind of landed on Swarovskis, which are also known as EcoStones. Um, so they're known as EcoStones because their, their carbon composition is super low. Um, and so the way they're made, they are made in sync with the environment, with people, with, um, with sustainability. And they are not perfect. I'm not saying that they are perfect, but they work nice. on, yeah, but they work <laughs> on, they work on, um, on being ethical and sustainable and fair trade and, you know, fair work and all mm. of that. They work on that regularly. They release reports regularly. They're open about their whole structure. Mm. And so it is kind of easy for me to just say, yeah. that's where I'm going to go. It's a transparent um, process yeah it's a very transparent process mm. um and then the one of the biggest reasons i went to minoka is that it's a uh, it's um they are they are historically um uh, I, i'm forgetting the name but they're deemed as historical islands so you cannot create without sustainability on the island it is right. a rule of the land so pretty much anything that comes off from the islands of Minorca has to follow that format. And so for me to say, I'm going to do it there, I know that the whole, the whole island works towards that. I know mm. that the government regulates it. So it's not something that I was making up. Um, but also my makers have the right, their right certifications in place and they update them every two years they send me the certificates every two years to make sure that I have them. Um, we use a mix of recycled and new metals. And the reason for new metals is that we need them for stability mm -hmm. um, because recycled metals would just break faster. Um, and so all of that is sourced locally. All of that is obtained locally. And so we try and centralize everything when it comes to manufacturing. Um, but then I kind of take it five steps ahead to the packaging. <laughs> and, and so all of the packages, the packaging is recyclable, in, including the tape that, that I use on top. Um, that's a biodegradable tape. So you can strip it off and throw it in your building bin and it'll, and it'll degrade. Um, so I think that it's important to not just be superficial about, about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and, and just actually work on on making things better like you have to work on it every single day you've got it it's and when not... 
yeah, when they're your values, you've got to embody them. Otherwise, you can't sleep at night. And it's not just a, okay, so my product's ethically sourced, but my packaging, which is I, I really pay attention to yeah. as a consumer because, like, I can buy some eco-friendly uh, shampoo that's like low sulfate, blah, 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 but it comes in a whopping great plastic bottle. I'm like, okay, where do the plastics come from? It comes in a, you know, one of those plastic bags from Ospost. And I'm like, you have to embody your values yeah. because as consumers, we're willing to pay a premium for that. Yeah. But we expect it end to end. And you totally do that. But I think the other thing to look at is that in terms of, um in terms of costs doing things the right way is not always more expensive it's just deemed to be more expensive mm. it's just it that's the bad like and I I agree about that I got a dress the other day from a from a pretty well-known brand it was in one of those biodegradable um, bags and I was like oh that's very impressive I opened it and it was sitting inside a plastic so, bag inside uh... the biodegradable bag and I was like you just outdid yourself, man. Like, I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> oh, my and, God. And, and I think with with things like apparel and um, even the way uh, the jewelry is transported for us, we use um, biodegradable little cellulite bags, and that's what we use. Mm. So, yes, I do pay a little bit extra for them to do that versus put it in standard plastic and send it. Um, and... But it's fine. It's, mm. I mean, it's not going to go to trash. I know it's not mm. going to go to trash. So I know where it's going. Um, I know that if I have to circulate that as PR samples, then I can just put it back in those little biodegradable bags and some of them will shred away and that's fine too. Mm. Um, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that it doesn't necessarily cost that much. It's just that we don't think about it. Very often yep. we don't think about it. And you've got to structure your pricing so that it's not a crucial issue. Yeah, yeah, of course. So right now my boxes are going inside a, a second box because Australia Post has changed their their pricing structure. Don't get anyone who's in e-commerce. Use one of our small boxes or use a plastic bag. And so my box is smaller than their small box. So I've been putting my small box inside their box and sending that off. Because right now that's the only thing I can mm. I can do really. There's so many e-commerce I people. Know that I know that their new boxes are all like made from recycled materials and they are recyclable. So I was like, okay, that's a good box. Like, yeah. It's not pretty, but it's a good box. It's but a, the box yes. that goes inside it is also a recyclable box, but I can't really like I can't really line my tissue in their box because it looks butt ugly and so I have to draw I have to kind of and and it's and it's still a stickler in my head because I'm like I'm paying I'm paying more for sending a smaller box if I choose to send it and it's not it's not like 20 cents for most packages it's up to three dollars which adds up to a lot of money over the year mm. and it's not something I can sustain so I'd rather spend another 40 cents on their box and say I'm just going to put my box inside that box <laughs> and they're both happy boxes and they're good boxes they're good boxes and they're good boxes you can reuse them if you want to <laughs> um, and I think that that you have to I don't think that 
we're in a time and a space where these things should be ignored no I, agree. I, I think that uh that we're in a time and space that we have to kind of do away with the the non-essentials and that was for me in packaging the biggest decision was do I put the jewelry in a box or do I put the jewelry in a bag mm. and it was very easy for me to decide to put it in a bag because every time I bought jewelry it's been in a box I have thrown the box away that box has no use mm. the velveteen inside it is all polyester mm-hmm. it's never like or satin or whatever it is it's all polyester it's an it's a no good box mm. but with the bag it's made with um it's made with got certified organic cotton and so when you actually leave your jewelry inside it it cleans your jewelry for it for you you don't have to do anything it's a, it's a doubly good bag <laughs> I'm like, okay. And I've just, so with the bag, I've just now been working on resizing it, making it slightly sturdier and just the micro details of it. But it was a very easy decision. And I think that that we do live in a time where we need to think about these things. Mm-hmm. We need to, we need to think about the fact that do we really need to send an invoice with every order? Mm-hmm. We don't, we no. throw it. Yeah. We always throw it. I don't even look at them. And you get them an email anyway. Yeah, you do, so, I don't. I don't need a paper invoice. I mean, most people, most people that that do anything, most people that buy from me at least have an online presence because mm. that's where they found me. Yeah, and and they are they are probably playing their bills online. They don't get, um, they don't get paper bills anymore. No. So there's no reason for me to send them an invoice. No. And every time I get an invoice, I'm like, why? What do I do with this? <laughs> what oh, do you want me to do with this? Recycling. Um, I get it if there's like return forms and stuff like that. Hmm. But but other than that, I just feel that as a community, we could be doing better. Yeah. And it's all those micro decisions that add up. Yeah. Always. So with your two mi- micro humans, I can't speak today. <laughs> micro humans. <laughs> too many humans. How do you, and, and living in the city of Sydney, which is admirable, how do you manage your life as an entrepreneur? Um, it's kind of, so my son's only 18 months Ooh. and my daughter's eight years. So she's off to school. Yay. She's very self-contained. She's very walk inside the door who like who that and she walks away <laughs> um but with my with my son he goes to daycare he started going to daycare three days of the week recently um it was two days and he's still going through his initial six months of we get bugs every two weeks oh I remember those days so we don't go to daycare every two weeks mm. um but that for me that holds a lot of the space so when they're off that's when I focus on on work the business all of that um outside of that I automate a lot like all my emails are automated um I I I've handed over my social media to somebody else to manage in in at the beginning of March um and I just think that that I've set up systems so that I'm not failing um and I even if I do just the essentials and that's all I can do things keep moving Mm. 
Um, I have someone who comes and assists me for packing once a week. Um, so I only really pack orders twice a week. Um, and if you miss that, you miss that. And my logic to that is I'm not saving anybody's life. So you can wait. <laughs> it's weird. This I want it overnight. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do get the odd special request and say, hey, I need it for a wedding in two days. I'll express both, blah, blah, blah. And I will, I will do that for people. But outside of that, I'm very clear. And the reasons for setting up these boundaries is, is to keep my sanity. I don't mm. want to stay up till two o'clock every night packing orders. I don't want to do it. I can't do it. It's not sustainable. Um, and so there's a lot of boundary setting. Um, it didn't happen for the first one and a half years because I used to work like a slog. Um, mm. But I think, I think I've just gotten a bit, I wouldn't say, I won't say smarter. I'm going to say I, I want to sleep a little bit. <laughs> boundaries are crucial. Like I am, I am dead solid on my boundaries and my clients know that. Yeah. So even to the point I got a message this morning, go, I'm really sorry to bother you. And I'm like, no, no, it's all right. You can message me. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well I think that's the thing it was initially it was one to three days and I was killing myself packing orders yeah um and I had to and I had to draw a line and I think that's that's something that COVID actually helped with because it was it happened more often than not last year that I went up to the post office and the post office was shut yes so their front office is shut so I go to the um their sorting center it's not far I go there because I know it goes straight into the system. I'm not waiting till the end of the day for them to upload mm. it. Mm. Um, and so it's quicker out. Um, and their front office used to be shut. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'm within my like two days, but the front office is shut. So what do I do now? And so I shifted that timeline. Um, and I, I kind of realized that that's okay. Mm. Like it's dispatched twice a week. I know what days it's going to be dispatched. Um, and there are, there are boundaries around that mm. and it just had to be done really. And, and as you know, people, I say to people, well, I, hate, I don't say it to people, but your urgency isn't my emergency just because yeah. you've decided that it's urgent doesn't yeah. mean it is for me. I'm sorry, yeah. but if you really needed it, be more organized. Yeah, exactly. I can't, I'm not going to put my life on hold because you've made a poor decision I, and I just think the whole culture of instant gratification, instant gratification mm. is just it's it's gotten to an yeah it's really bad yeah so the whole expectation that you will you buy something it gets express posted so you get it the the next morning so you can feel happy about it and then row about how amazing the customer service is mm. it's just it's just very ill-found mm. It's, it's not, not realistic and it's not respectful of the human on the other end. No. And, and this is true even for big teams, big corporations mm -hmm. where they have enough people. I think it's just unnecessary pressure for, for, for unnecessary things, mm -hmm. really. I mean, chemist warehouse takes a week to deliver. Do you know that? No. Sometimes they don't even start packing for a week and you've ordered medicines and you're like, my medicines are going to I need my medicines. <laughs> <laughs> oh I know, my it's gosh. the same thing. Yeah. Um, well, if you call if you call the, the doctor's hotline here, 
even they call you back in six hours they don't yeah. care no. like they've got a line they're working through it yeah you're you're not an emergency so if you're an emergency you go to emergency go to emergency call an exactly yeah exactly so i think that that you have to set and then respect boundaries mm. and 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 people wait it like yeah, they're not are happy. well reasonable people are happy to wait yeah unreasonable people will go and trash you on social media and leave you horrible reviews i, I don't get too many of those no touch wood no, no. Touch wood. <laughs> um i've got a few i've got a few nasty ones in emails and i was like oh yeah i don't claim that ever so someone said oh um someone bought a someone bought a ring for like 60 dollars or something and it was on sale and so she only paid about 50 dollars and she got the ring and she complained about it and she said I thought it was silver I can buy silver for that so I'm like of course you can buy silver for that and then I send her a whole story about what kind of silver you can buy for that mm. and I also told her I said I don't claim this on my website here's a link to the product this is what it is it tells you what the base material is it tells you what the plating is to the point of how many microns it's been mm. with mm. and so you don't tell me I haven't mentioned it because it's all over the place. <laughs> like I couldn't, I literally couldn't say it anymore. Yeah, but, it's like how to deal with bad reviews and, is answer and I, logically. And I never heard back from her no. again. She didn't leave me a bad review, but she just went missing. Yeah, <laughs> MIA. Don't leave people <laughs> bad reviews because you uh, oh, anyway. So what does a great day in the office look like for you? Oh, when I get a lot of things done, <laughs> that's easy. Very few and far between. Uh, ah, no, for me, a great day would mean that my order history is clear and, and I have nothing else left to pack and send, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I, learned, I learned in the first one and a half years to, to manage um, supplier timelines. So I'm not scrumming to the last minute um, because like everything, even postal services, get, things get delayed. And so we have very, we have very generous production timelines. Mm. So the last time I placed an order was January and it's about to land in the next five days mm. or something like that. And, and most manufacturers have a three week turnaround. We have a six week turnaround. And it's because Spain goes on holiday very often. Hmm. And I can't say, oh, sorry. Spain does. <laughs> I, oh, sorry. <laughs> you have to work through your holidays. Yeah. Um, and they take the month of August off. Um, and so I have to work. I'm moving to Spain. Um, I know. So good. <laughs> <laughs> My mom used to live there. Um, and so I think a good day to me would look like that there is there are no there are no stress points really like mm -hmm. there's there are things that happen on repeat a lot of it happens on repeat um and i'm i'm very fortunate to have people that I, like the people that i work with i'm very fortunate that they they kind of have the same ethics they're respectful they they don't scrounge around they're very open um the social media team that I'm working with is is relatively new so I literally had a conversation the other day I was like you know what like I'm not a mind reader if you guys want me to make a video of something 
you just need to tell me mm. like we're on that chat 24 7 but all you need to do is hey we need a video of this can you please make it and send it to us by x date mm. i said don't expect i'm going to do it in two hours because it's not going to happen but if you give me 24 hour notice and say we want a video on blah blah blah, blah i'm going to do it for you mm. but you should feel comfortable enough to say that that's what you need and that's what fits in with with where we're heading in the next month mm. um and so i think that communication has been a really big big thing for pretty much everyone i work with whether it's those guys whether it's the photographer um, my photographer leaves me voice notes <laughs> which is amazing <laughs> so she and it's always that and she's um she's brazilian and so she it's it she has the most beautiful accent and she leaves me these amazing, amazing voice notes with "Hello, lovely," <laughs> and you're like, oh. "I was like, oh, she's so sweet." <laughs> it's amazing um, how like communicating with people. I love voice notes. Yeah. Or sending people little videos. Hey, it's me. Yeah. Blah blah blah. And they're like, "Oh my god!" Like it's like you're in the room. Yeah. People feel really special. <laughs> like it's just the same uh, as an email, but quicker. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, but I, I think a, a good day is literally where nothing's gone wrong, really. <laughs> um, and, I, and the last three and something years that I've had, Bedelia, I've worked tirelessly to make sure that I'm not scrambling at the last second. Mm. Um, and for me, really, social media was the last thing that did that. And I kind of said, okay, you there take you it. I'm mm. not going to do this anymore. Um, but I think that's that's an ideal day. Mm. Um, and I also have to respect that I am I have two kids mm. um, and they fall sick without a schedule, without a schedule. And so I have to know that things will see, still keep going on. So mm. really, I think, I think any day that I get to work for three days, three hours continuously is a great day. It's a great day. This is my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> just don't interrupt me so what tools do you use like productivity tools if you use any communication i use asana mm. um i'm testing out discord because someone um someone showed me the in showed me how it actually works and it's bloody brilliant mm -mm. it's so good and i was like why is this not like more popular because it's set up as a student tool Ah. Um, but it's everything you want it to be in the most perfect uh, communication tool. Oh, don't tell me that. I've just changed the clicker. Oh, so Discord, what you, can, what you can do with Discord is, so these are the things I love, like the three things that I love. You can search for a specific image in a specific chat based on who sent it, the date, or what it might look like. And so... You can search for images. My chats are full of images. Mm. And often I'm like scrolling through like, oh my God, where was that picture, right? Um, the, the second most amazing thing about Discord is that you can pin specific um, dialogues. And you can, spin, you can pin up to 15 dialogues in one conversation. So whatever, so if I'm talking to, if I'm using it for my, my social media people then we literally go like these are the posts for the week and we pin those up and we're done with the week we just unpin and we start from scratch mm -hmm. 
So every time I'm looking at, oh yeah, what well, was supposed to go on Thursday, I'm not thinking about it. It's already pinned. I just need to go in and look. Look, yeah. Um, and so we're trying to transfer big chunks of it to Discord because it's amazing. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm a big Asana user even now. Even though people have gone from Asana to Monday to click up to everything else, I'm like, <laughs> to <table>. Asana? <laughs> people they're still like I ask this question at every single podcast, and still most people say Asana. But I just really I never got into Asana. It was never my jam. Ah, I use um, Asana and then depends on who I'm working with. So I, I, I work with a web developer. She uses Trello, so I just use her board. Um, yeah, I like Trello. With Trello, as long as I'm not setting it up, I don't mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I don't have to. If it's, it's someone else's board and I'm like, yeah, I can see where I need to add information, I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't jam with Trello, but that's just me. That's fine. That's fine. So... One of the things that affects every single entrepreneur, not every single, most, I know, is imposter syndrome. So what are your methods to overcome and respond to the bad days in business? So this is really interesting because with the jewelry brand, I don't think I have imposter syndrome. Well, you, yeah, I suppose. You, but you I'm also like trying to step into Design, this? design? No. No, you, no. Just, you own it, babes. No, I have a book. I have a big fat art book. Um, I design at will. Um, and a lot of it never sees the day of light because it's at like one o'clock at night. And I was like, what was I thinking? I'm just doing How, sketchy, like, sketchy. what's wrong with me? Um, and so a lot of, and then a lot of it is on scraps of paper. And someone spoke to me about this recently and said, we didn't know you designed. I was like, yeah, but most of it, like most of the good stuff is always on a scrappy piece of paper and I would never share that. Like, it's literally like, oh, do I have something here? Oh, look, see? Can you see that design? Yeah. That's how on I On an Australia Post notepad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, would I In share biro. that on social media? I think not. In biro. <laughs> and, but it's getting sampled nonetheless. Yeah. So I took a picture. I created, I, I scanned it so the, the, the lines stand out properly. And, and luckily, um, the people that I work with understand what I've drawn. <laughs> <laughs> so I went from having formal CAD drawings initially with like, you know, this goes here and this is the link to this and that's, this is what we need to do to literally sending them drawings like that saying hey can we do this can you make this that'll be great can you make that and it's and it's actually got more information than it's about yay high so no so it has it has measurements it has like 16 oh yeah yeah yeah. it's got measures very specific yeah there you go and then when i send them that i literally be like oh those are the kind of links that you need it's a stud that's the closure they get it <laughs> it's fine it works it works um so I don't think I've ever had that but that said I'm I'm trying my hand at copywriting recently um so I don't have a website I um I just spoke about it a couple of times and I ended up getting jobs really for copywriting um and so because you weren't busy enough that's where my imposter syndrome kicks in but 
because again, it's because what I do with copywriting is very specific to what I've been doing for the last two years. Mm. I try and I just shake it off. I also work at very odd hours. So I don't give myself time to think about it. <laughs> really. I, I also think imposter syndrome is a luxury. Ooh. It's when you have too much time. Oh, no. And then you start doing something. And then you're like, oh, no. What if I can't do this? Whereas oh. I'm, I'm I, the, you know, like who's got time? When you're drawing like that. <laughs> I still feel sick every time I send an email to my email list. Yeah, anyway. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm working through it. Uh, yeah, no. So I, I send an email every Thursday. And most Thursdays it's written 20 minutes before it goes. <laughs> and most Thursdays I will never reread it. And the reason for that is because I don't have the time to reread it. Or maybe and, I'm going to start doing then, a new method. Just and write then if the I, damn if thing. I, if I reread it, I'll be like, oh, no, that's not right. Oh, no, that's... I read too much into it then. And then, so I just type. I make sure there's no, like, massive spelling errors. So I run it through, like, a... Uh, Grammarly. Hem Grammarly. No, not Grammarly. Hemingway. I put it in Hemingway. a Word doc and then I put it on Hemingway yeah. to make sure that it's split up. And that's it. I oh, just I'm literally hit send. Start and I have, me a new method. Type and, and send. Have, and I have made massive errors in emails. Like literally write do versus don't <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in places where it shouldn't. But like my email open rates are great. And I like I wouldn't stop doing it mm. really like there's no reason to um so I, I think the jury I don't have that I I, yeah. I I I I I really think I I don't think I can say I've got imposter syndrome when it comes to jury um I used initially someone sent me a message saying um that that they are not your designs blah 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 and for the first year and something 50% of my website was a curation um, and 50% was original designs. And even to date, my homepage says that it's a mix of curation and design because mm. till the time I have trickles of curated design, um, even from old stock, I can't claim that I'm, I'm a hundred percent behind this. But you don't. So people No, stop. I don't. Exactly. I don't. And when, and when somebody sent me that message, I literally send them a link saying it says designed and curated. Mm. What did you read? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think the whole thing really comes back to see, like when you go back to your ethics, if you, if you're doing what you do and it's in sync with where you want to be, then I don't think you let it get the better of you very often. No, not very often. In the yeah. early days, shocking. But now I'm like, yeah, hate is going to hate. So yeah. how do you maintain your sense of community? Ooh, this is a really good one. I have a very small Facebook group of paying customers. Um, it's only recently that I realized that those emails were on SmartSend. So a whole bunch of people have not got those emails. <laughs> Um, and so I might send an email blast saying, hey, you should join because you're a paying customer. Um, and I have that. And um, I think it's a small group that I have been absent in for the last five months. 
maybe. I only go in once every two weeks and do a, hey, what's up kind of thing. Um, but that community is not, for the most, it's not based on jewelry. Mm. It's based on conversation. It's based on connecting with people. Um, and it's based on having conversations. Some of them really difficult. Like we had this massive conversation around International Women's Day in that community. Mm. And I literally went in and I said, this year it feels fake and that's it. Like mm. this, these are my thoughts. What are your thoughts? And it was like opening Pandora's box and everyone, like there were so many people who commented saying, we agree. The theme was hijacked and most people don't even know about it and all the details. And I was like, okay, like it's not me. And mm. I think that very often um especially as a solo business owner you it's very easy for me to get into this this frame of mind where I think I'm doing this all alone mm. I'm in this alone um and I'm not and like that group of 120-ish people is a very active group of people I don't even have to post regularly I don't have to do anything um there are like I like there will be posts at 2 a.m over there from someone else with uh you know sweaty hair wearing nice earrings hey look I went to this event and I was and, and that's that's the kind of stuff I get at 2 a.m I was like come on man you could have sent me a picture at the top of the evening <laughs> like, what are you doing what are I doing I can't put that on my stories I can't put that on social media what are you talking about um but I think that that's that sense of community. And I think it reverberates in, in pretty much everything. I, I treat like main social media channels with a pinch of salt. Um, I get a lot of DMs. A lot of the times they land up being long conversations. Um, and I get a lot of messages on Facebook. So I try and respond personally I tried doing the whole chatbot thing yeah and I was like oh man no uh, no no this no. is good for competitions but oh man no this is terrible no um and so I stopped doing that mm -hmm. um I I now so with generic stuff the the marketing team responds I don't the social media guys respond I don't um but I think the whole community thing is is very much from that little group on Facebook. Mm. Um, and it, it's a very good reminder that you're not, you're not alone um, and everyone's going through the same crap. Um, and we can all talk about it if that's what we want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of it, really. Awesome. I love, I love a good Facebook group. Yeah. So what's your why? What keeps you motivated in your business? kindness really like yeah. I know it's very I talk about it all the time but um approaching things people what you make how you do it everything with a little bit of kindness really like that's what keeps me going really that's 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 always been the core of what I do why I do it why I would want to keep doing it, even though I'm like, oh God, product, why did I start a product-based business? I, I get those days. Um, 
because there's so many um there are so many things that you need to be able to control mm. um it's not just you and your deadline it's you're relying on a whole bunch of people to make sure that that this thing shows up on a website um but it's always kindness it's like and again it goes back to i'm not saving anyone's life and if i don't release something on the 1st of may only i know about it mm. nobody else knows about it um and even if i've been making a big hoo ha about it on social media i can literally go in and say oops sorry my kid had a bad night won't happen yeah it's fine <laughs> so it's fine like um Someone mentioned this thing the other day of do you know how like people go off social media and they come back mm. and they make this huge hoo ha about ooh I'm back da 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 and then most people go like oh we didn't even realize you were gone <laughs> Oh yes and that's and that's literally it that that you have to nobody's going to miss anything so you rushing you being um hasty or being unkind or putting extra pressure on somebody else to do something else or yourself to do something is you don't need to no and so that whole thing of kindness is not just how i deal with my suppliers and whoever does anything for me it's also to myself mm. to say that oh if i miss a deadline it's fine Only I know about it. Mm. Nobody else knows about it. No. It if I don't get the money on that day by selling X products, I'll get I'll make it the next day. Mm. Like the people that not going to the people that are going to buy are not going to say, "Oh, she didn't do it on the first, so we're not going to buy it on the second." Yeah. Day. Yeah. Yeah. That's I love that approach. <laughs> It's perfect. So what are your top tips then apart from being kind? for all the smart women and men in business across Australia and the world because this this audience is getting bigger and it's I'm going to rebrand I think this podcast because <laughs> it ain't working for my audience anymore. <laughs> um I think I think my biggest tips would be that that you just need to be nice to yourself. Like mm. I think we need to work smarter not harder. Um I think unless you're in a medical profession you you then have the permission to to do things differently to to do things slower but i also my and my biggest thing is always if it doesn't sit well with you if your gut says no then don't do it because mm. it's going to hurt you mm. maybe not now but 3 months from now 6 months from now 2 years from now it's going to get to you and then you're going to feel sick about it and you're not going to want to do it and that's that's one of the main reasons i feel that people crash because it never sat well with them and they still did it even mm. though they were this is not this is not like there's exciting discomfort and there's like gut discomfort you shouldn't ignore gut discomfort <laughs> but you you should ignore exciting discomfort because that's just growth mm. um and i think that did you just have to kind of be true to yourself really like unless you're a murderer and a horrible person then don't do that 
Um, but but I think don't do the bad things. But if no, you're in don't business, do the bad things. Stop it. Stop if being mean to yourself. If you're a nasty human, then there's no saving you, really. <laughs> but but, um, but I think most people are, most people come from a really good place, mm. and their their reasons are different. Their their needs are different. Um, and you recognize that that your needs are different and your um and where you want to be is different but but you can still do things well without hurting yourself or hurting someone else mm. or just being destructive um yeah but you do that right yeah like you leave your value show people show people how to work smarter not harder mm. And it doesn't have that's, to be the that's hustle. a Jane McKay thing. It's not, <laughs> it's not the me thing. <laughs> it's a low, I'm a low-key achiever. I know it's it's about you don't have to be hustling your butt off. And it's not a badge of honor because you will ultimately hurt yourself. Yeah. And there are ways and means to make a lot of money without more work doesn't mean more money. We no, it doesn't. Out of that culture. But yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. So, my love, tell me how people out there in the world can find you on the grand tour that is the interwebs. Oh, so I am on, um, on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest, even though not many people are using that. Oh, Pinterest. Um, and it's all with Bedelia. So it's B-I-D-I-L-I-A. Um, my website's also Bedelia.com. And that's where you'll find me. Awesome. Thank you for your chat today, Anu. I look forward to seeing you around the internet. Me too. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Smart Women of Business podcast. If you'd like access to the show notes, please visit my website, janemckaycommunications.com.au forward slash blog. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, keep on being a smart woman in business.